Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Get ready for Mind Shock with Dr. Ron Dalrymple, the premier podcast in the world bringing you hidden truths about your mind's incredible powers. Get ready to free your mind. Welcome to Mind Shock, Dr. Ron Dalrymple. The show will take you to the outer limits of your mind and to the inner limits, the true final frontier. Our theme for this show is evolution of the supermind, the supermind inside all of us, which more and more folks are starting to access around the world. Now, I began working at NASA at 17 years old, way back when, that's in ancient antiquity, where we put people in space, which we called back then the final frontier. I was at Goddard Space Flight Center in Greenbelt, Maryland, which is really a fascinating place to be because what I learned there was to have a great spirit of idealism, which everybody had idealism towards getting the mission accomplished, but also great pragmatism because people were very, very pragmatic about how do we get this done, how do we perform all the engineering, all the mathematical calculations, all the physics to actually put, first of all, spacecraft and then manned spacecraft up in orbit, and then eventually to leave orbit and travel some 240,000 miles to the moon. Now, you can imagine the, the math and the physics window that was absolutely incredible, massive calculations. Back in those days, they called computers were people. Computers were people who sit there and by hand grind out the mathematics of, of a launch, like you take off at a certain angle at a certain time at a certain speed, in certain momentum, certain acceleration, so forth, going through the atmosphere, attain a certain height or altitude, actually, and then travel around the globe a few times to gain more momentum to do a slingshot effect to take off towards the moon, which is spinning and moving through space, and service is moving through space. And how do you calculate that spacecraft to land, to orbit the moon, then be able to land a lunar craft upon the surface of the planet and then bring it back? So you can imagine the calculations were absolutely incredible, especially the first time it's being done. In any case, we call this massive project composed of many, many thousands of people from all over the world, scientists who came to NASA, which is amazing. We call that the final frontier. But while I was there, after two years, at 19 years old, I began taking math and physics classes at Maryland at 17, but then by 19, I was taking psychology classes also. I began to see these incredible correlations between math, physics, and psychological theories. So one night, one cold November night, I'm walking back to my dorm, Hagerstown Hall at Maryland campus, College Park. I'm walking up into my, my room there, and I asked the question, the faithful question, this cold, blurry November night, what if you could use the principles of math and physics to explain the modern-day theories of psychology? And then I was hit by a thunderbolt, a tsunami of energy almost knocked me over. I could suddenly see how it could be done if you think of the mind as an energy field which transcends the physical brain. In other words, the brain is not superordinate to the mind, but the other way around, the mind is superordinate to and exists beyond the brain. I know this is shock to some folks. That's why we call it mind shock. But if that is your working assumption, then could you create a whole new theory of that, which is what I've been working on ever since. So if the mind is an energy field that transcends the physical brain, then the true final frontier is inner space. Not outer space, but inner space. Because we're observing everything from the point of view of the individual, of human beings, so we are the focal point or the observer. We're the observer in this equation. And the exploration of inner space then is the final frontier where we also tap into who we really are, what is our identity, what are our true powers. So our mission is to take you to the true outer limits of inner space. So think about that paradox, the outer limits of inner space. Our motto for this show is supermind, superbody, and super spirit. 
Now, in today's chaotic world, there's a revolution sweeping the globe about who we are and what we are doing here. And mind revolution is changing everything. All over the globe, people are waking up to a very different state of consciousness which existed in the past at least for many thousands of years. Whole new theories of mind are now being created which turn old science on its head. Old science is three-dimensional and limited to the physical senses, and if we add time, we're talking about four dimensions. We're developing now models of science that consider N dimensions, the letter N, as N approaches infinity. So today we're going to talk about the true powers of your mind, which is based in part upon the research we've done and the areas we've done with a lot of folks on this show. We've drawn back some of the previous shows about the true powers of mind and Dr. Joseph Murphy's book and how it correlates to our work in quantum field psychology and also our movie, The Endless Question, which explains quantum field psychology. All these works are based in part upon ancient metaphysical works going back many thousands of years. Dr. Murphy also studied some of these concepts. He studied divine science. He became a psychologist over the years. He started out in Ireland. He first studied as a pharmacist, later came to the U.S., and went to California. He eventually went also to India, which studied with various individuals and then became a minister for Divine Science Church in L.A. back in the 40s and wrote some really great books about this. And his books are really exemplary in this area. I'll talk to other folks in the show who have really brilliant ideas and insights along these lines. Now, all these works go back to, like I mentioned, ancient metaphysical texts going back thousands and thousands of years which have been preserved in secret around the world. For example, a number of explorers went to Asia in the 1890s to investigate various archaeological digs and came across a number of individuals there who were preserving information, these ancient texts going back thousands of years talking about the true nature of who we are as energy beings and what our true powers are. And really some amazing texts we're going to get into later on, which are really quite advanced. So we're going to build up those over time. But think about that other systems, other ancient schools, so-called mystery schools in Greece, Egypt, and India have preserved these secrets for many thousands of years. Now, according to some sources, these informational concepts and whatnot and realizations go back to Atlantis. Some folks accept that premise, some don't. Suppose Atlantis was right here where we are in South Florida and also throughout the Caribbean, up through the Atlantic Ocean, through the Gulf of Mexico and past Mexico. In fact, there are a series of massive pyramids around the world. You can see on Google Earth, you can see it yourself, there's a massive pyramid off the west coast of Mexico, allegedly 10 times the size of the Great Pyramid of Giza in Egypt, which used to be thought of as the largest pyramid in the world. Matter of fact, larger ones. There's also one in Antarctica, allegedly four times the size of Giza. You can see this again from Google Earth. I suppose the Antarctica was broken off from the continents and shifted south, which is why it is where it is now. But these were built originally around the equator of the Earth as part of an energy system that pyramids can be used for energy. You know, matter can be preserved inside pyramids for long periods of time. Various texts and experiments have studied this and stated that pyramids can interrupt the, the flow of earthquakes, as it were, and stop a large quake and break up the much smaller quakes to end its fury, as it were. Floods and high winds, of course, will flow around pyramids because of the type of the structure. It will not knock them over. Plus, the Great Pyramid and other structures around the world line up with various astronomical phenomena, various star systems and whatnot and orientations. So it had to be built by very advanced people. We also know that there are stones inside the Great Pyramid of Giza, which weigh some 160,000 pounds, folks. That's 80 tons. You might have seen various depictions of people building the pyramids, lifting up these massive stones with wooden cranes and ropes. Well, that, of course, is completely ridiculous. You see a bunch of slaves, these poor individuals enslaved. What a horrible life, pulling these stones across these, over the logs, over the sand, which is, again, ridiculous. could not be done. It had to be a much higher technology to lift those massive stones up and put them in place. Plus, many have a surface that is cut concave, in concave fashion, so they had to be cut by an advanced form of laser. Many folks I've talked to in science say that it could not be done today. The lifting off certainly could not be done today. It had to be an advanced form of scientific approach, such as anti-gravity, or we don't really know what. In any case, this ancient information 
has also been preserved up in the mountains of South America. We spoke on the show several times to Dr. Rod Fuentes. I was on his show last Friday, which will air next Friday, in fact, at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Dr. Rod Fuentes, Quantum Jump, where we talk about some of these issues. He's of the opinion and has researched this and stated that the ancient continent of Lemuria is just some 100,000 years ago in the Pacific. The people migrated from there when it was sinking and took the ancient knowledge up to the Andes and it's preserved for at least 15, perhaps 25,000 years up around Cusco, which is at 16,000 feet elevation. Think about that. To keep it safe from various invaders who tried to invade those areas and steal their gold and silver. But the real wealth they had, of course, was not gold and silver, but rather these great, powerful secrets. In any case, it's been preserved. These ideas have been preserved for hundreds of thousands of years, perhaps longer, perhaps millions of years, we don't know. But there are certain secrets of who we are as energy beings inside these physical bodies, which is quite shocking again. But it's been preserved in various forms around the world by various people, various nations and civilizations. The world is now waking up to these ideas from various different sources. Now, let's talk for a moment about Plato. Plato had an allegory, a really fascinating allegory, which is quite intriguing. He wrote about this in his book, The Republic, in a book or a series of books called Book 7. Now, Plato was an Athenian philosopher during the classical period in ancient Greece. He's a founder of the Platonist school of thought and the so-called academy, which is the first institution of higher learning in the Western world. Think about that. The first institution, the first university teaching higher learning, at least that we have on record. There were, of course, schools going back to Egypt and India before that. But in any case, we're in certain histories. He's given credit for having created the academy. Now, Socrates was Plato's teacher. And Aristotle learned the defeat of Plato, as it were, at Plato's academy. And Aristotle was the highly paid tutor for Alexander the Great. So we have a number of these great individuals lined up sharing these very powerful ideas that it was taken by Alexander, who then conquered a large part of the known world at that time, military conquest. Well, he was known to be quite a philosopher as well. In any case, in this story of the cave, Socrates is talking to student Glaucon. And it's really a fascinating type thing, the story of the cave, because people are depicted there who are locked up in chains. or locked up against their chain to a wall. They're chained around their necks and their arms and their legs and ankles and so forth, so they can't move. They're forced to stare at a white screen in front of them. They observe these various puppet-like motions, the shadows of puppets moving across the wall. There are people above the captives. There's a great fire behind them, and they're making like shadow figures and little stick figures and whatnot on the wall in front of the prisoners. So the prisoners there are enslaved in this cave, and they observe all these moving figures, which to them become reality. So they're observing a constructed reality, which they think is the true nature of being. Now, one of them is then taken out of the cave to the outside world, and imagine what this person experiences. He goes to the outside world, he's blinded by the light, comes to the darkness of the cave. He's blinded by the light, he can't see for a while. He's shocked, being in a different world entirely. What? This is here too? He couldn't believe it. He's overwhelmed by it. But once his eyes adjust, he looks around him to see a totally different world. The people moving around, animals, plants, the sun, streams, fields, mountains, and so forth, trees, birds. Totally shocked. This is a totally different reality. You can't believe it. So then he goes back into the cave and tells the other captives, you will not believe what I have discovered, my brothers and sisters. You won't believe this. He tells them about what he's seen. What do they say to him? You know what they say. You're crazy. You're a lunatic. What are you talking about? That doesn't exist. There's no such place. This is our reality. And so after a while, he's talked down. They convinced him it was just an illusion. You're just seeing things. You ate the wrong food. You had a nightmare. You stumbled outside. You got lost. You came back. You hit your head, whatever. Come back into reality and join us. And so he is then chained back to the wall. Actually, this is my rendition of the story, folks. It might be, you know, ad-libbing a little bit, but this is the way it makes sense. He's chained back to the wall of illusion where he was before. And what does all this mean? The story of the cave really applies to all of us. Think about that. Each one of us lives inside our own cave. We've talked before in other shows about 
the constellation of consciousness, we each have this world we live in, which we have created, which we project onto the world around us, because believing is seeing, not so much seeing as believing. We think that's true, but it's actually believing is seeing. What we believe, we project out like these stick figures or these shadow figures on the wall in front of the captives. And think about it, they are they're captives. They are chained to the wall of their own delusional system of false beliefs. They watch these, these figures thinking it's real. In fact, it's just a projection. The idea being that we are all projecting our beliefs onto the mirror of the world around us, which then reflects back to us what we have projected. So we see the reflections coming back and say, aha, you see, I was right. That's called a self-fulfilling prophecy. We create what we think is real, it projects back to us and convinces us that we're creating our own reality. Rather, we're perceiving it's a solid reality, a hardcore reality, when in fact it's not that at all. We're creating this ourselves. So it really is a fascinating paradox now, how did Plato know this? How did Plato derive this really fascinating insight and metaphor to teach us? Well, he and Aristotle and Socrates and many others in those, those ages, the great teachers back then, were really what's called initiates. Now, an initiate is somebody who has studied the higher metaphysical concepts, who was studying those ancient mystery schools to learn those very powerful ideas. And those schools still exist today, believe it or not. They're often attacked and sullied by the press, by the media, by so-called modern-day influences and so forth. But they taught ancient metaphysical law going back perhaps to Atlantis, perhaps to Lemuria, perhaps too long before that. Certain sources state that in Atlantis people were highly evolved, much more than we are today. They understood these concepts of the power of mind, of the creative powers of mind. We aren't talking about just the law of attraction. That's only one. There are many more what we call the laws of creation, where the mind has greatly creative powers as powered by the spirit, the forces of spirit, which actually fits in with quantum physics, believe it or not. And that was a missing link. It was missed by many of the theorists talking about a theory of everything, which we've included in our theory of everything called quantum field psychology. In any case, folks who study this information are called initiates, who have delved into these ancient mysteries to find out what are the true secrets of who we are and what we are as energy beings, as indeed spiritual beings. Now, teaching the Plato have profoundly influenced the religious beliefs of millions or even billions of folks around the world today who have wrongly assumed where the sources have come from. This really comes back to the ancient initiates. Foremost among players thoughts and contests that human beings have an immortal soul that survives the death of the physical body. Now, many religions, of course, today do espouse that, but, of course, they go into much more detail about how to access those higher dimensions of thought and being, which we'll discuss a little bit later. The idea is that we are energy, energy beings, and the ego itself is a crystal. The ego is the cave. The ego is the cave people are trapped inside of. The ego is like a crystal of energy around the mind or a constellation of consciousness to keep our sense of reality constant, like the people in the cave. They have a constant sense of reality, even though it's delusional. Okay, so much of our thought is also delusional, but it serves a very important purpose. Because the ego creates a sense of constant reality, it allows us to adjust to the world around us to survive. You know, we must get food, water, we must breathe, we must earn a living somehow, we must live somewhere. So we have certain beliefs about that. We build up friendships, connections, whatever. We build up a career, we have families and so forth. We live inside the constellation, kind of a web of thoughts and illusions often held by those around us as well. So it's not just our own projections, but those of uh, those of our closest friends or whatnot, people we work with, our family, who get their thoughts and emotions onto us and their behaviors, and we often believe what they believe. Like we're raised to believe what our parents believe, what teachers teach us, what universities teach us, what schools, what governments teach us, and so forth. We're taught all these different ideas, which are supposedly reality. What we find upon much closer examinations and much of what we're taught is really not real. It's simply inconstant, just the projections of the current belief systems of the day. Now, it's not always done intentionally, of course. There are some who will abuse these powers and will intentionally mislead us. But in most cases, simply the fact that people teaching us or trying to don't really understand. What's more, the ego fights to protect its cave because every transformation we make beyond it is death to a part of the ego. Part of the ego must die. It gets weaker. 
it shrinks up, it loses control over us. So we often try to make progress in life and learn new things. There's kind of a gain or progress made by the ego in blocking our learning something new. So the ego tries to keep us fixed into a certain type of staid reality. We try to transform our thoughts and emotions to a higher level of realization or just to some other level. The ego fights against that to preserve us and protect us, but also to protect itself. This, this is where the trouble gets into it. Is the ego serves a very important purpose. It's most important to survival, but it also can be an impediment. It's like the cave. Remember Plato's cave, really a brilliant story. So ask yourself, what cave do you live inside of? What beliefs do you have? What do you think is real at the nature of this world? What do you think about life and death? Who do you think you are? What are you doing here? What is your purpose in life? What is your mission in life? What do you want out of this life? What do you want your legacy about your life to be? Discuss those issues on this show with many different people, many different points of view. These are key questions to ask ourselves as we learn new concepts. Now, moving on to some of the other theoreticians we talked about, such as Dr. Joseph Murphy and others, he made the point in his book that it's abnormal to be sick. It's normal to be healthy. Health is a truth of your being. So when you affirm health, harmony, and peace for yourself or another, and when you realize these are universal principles of your own being, you will rearrange the negative patterns of your subconscious mind based on your faith and understanding of that which you affirm. So, in other words, folks, we have great power of what we feed to our subconscious, which then allows the superconscious mind to access the ego mind, in other words, to break us out of our caves. We'll talk about more when we come back. I'm going to take a moment here, take a break for our sponsors. This is Dr. Ryan Dalrymple on Mind Shock. Talk to you today about quantum field psychology and many other theories and ideas out there where some of these concepts have come from going back to ancient of days, ancient times. So folks, we'll be right back. Stick with us, Dr. Ron. Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity, things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything, and once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. ASMC, the premier German company that supplies everything for adventure, from outdoor clothes to outdoor gear, even backpacks. Lots of quality and lots of specials. To start your adventure, go to HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ASMC. Paradise Found 2015 is a film that sparks of intrigue about the discovery of quantum field psychology. Throw in a sexy spy story, a conflict between father and son against the backdrop of NASA, and interspersed with World War II flashback combat scenes, and you'll be surprised to discover the foundation of a whole new theory of mind. Rent or buy Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com and prepare for the explosive conclusion. That's Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com. Reach your health and fitness goals. Whether you want to lose weight, learn to dance, Build muscle or just live healthy. Beachbody gives you unlimited access to the nation's most popular fitness and weight loss solutions. Visit our advertiser page and click on Beachbody now. A complete mind development course, The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, helps you develop your concentration, memory, imagination, and more, all to help you program your mind towards success. But it's not a boring read. You are taken on a journey with a young man who is trying to start his own business, and immerses himself into a journey of self-discovery. A powerful book that you can read again and again. Get The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple at Amazon.com. The Inner Manager at Amazon.com. Remember, positive impacts. www.healthylife.net
folks. Welcome back. Dr. Ron Dalrymple on Mind Shock. We're talking today about the true powers of your mind, part three. Based on quantum field psychology, our theory of everything, which is based on hard science, which connects up scientific concepts with spiritual ideas. It's based on many ancient metaphysical concepts, modern-day theories around the world, modern-day psychologies, topological mathematics, but I don't want to go off too much on that. I don't want to scare anybody off. It's told in a very easy way, or tried to in a film, The Endless Question, which is screened on Amazon Prime. They were talking about the true powers. It's really a lot of fun. It's really fascinating stuff to delve into. So we're just talking about the fact that it's abnormal. Think of this. It's abnormal to be sick. It is normal to be healthy. So if you're sick a lot, if you experience all kinds of diseases, disorders, weakness, whatever, perhaps your thinking process and your emotions are helping to create that state of mind and being. Because what you affirm to be true is what you're feeding into your subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is like your computer, computer within, which then programs your body to work in a certain way, but also then structures the ego. I think we saw about the cave of the ego, and that ego is a very active living entity of sorts, energy entity, which will keep you locked up in your cave of belief and will keep out any new or contradictory ideas will keep you enslaved to delusional systems. So the point is you're doing this to yourselves in many cases. We do this to ourselves. We all do this. As we grow up, we're taught to think certain things and feel certain things, which are often just not true, and they cause us lots of problems. And many of the fears have come along to add to the mix of new ideas, trying to break free of all this. Dr. Quimby, back in the 1800s, used the argumentative method to help people break out of their belief system and realize that sickness is due to false belief, groundless fears, and negative patterns lodged in the subconscious mind. So he would go through and reason out with them and help them understand that their thinking patterns were causing the illness in the physical body. This parallels cognitive behavior mod today, where you use the, one technique is the disputation method, where you use scientific logic to help them understand, people understand that they're doing it to themselves by their faults. We see this all the time in psychotherapy. Been psychologists for over 40 years. And we see quite often that the individual is causing their own problems by how they think and feel, creating their behaviors, that create relationships in their lives and certain results and events in their lives. They're causing them problems, which they then need to reverse by going back into that cave and breaking free of it, breaking their chains loose and realizing I'm not going to stay in this cave. I'm getting out. You do so by changing your thoughts and emotions. We do a shift or transformation or a change in being. One author talks about, we're going to interview her later, she's got a fascinating book coming out soon, about the idea that you change your being state, one state of mind to another. So he explained to the sick person that based on all healing is a change of belief. You also point out that the Subconscious mind profoundly affects the body and all its organs. Like we talk about in quantum field psychology, that there are a series of energy levels around us, and these energy patterns or templates really ordain the structure of every organ, indeed every molecule, every atom in your body. So think about that. There's an energy template to tell the material form how to form. Around your physical body are a series of many layers of energy or energy shells which you can move into yourself, your conscious can move into by shifting how you think and feel. By shifting how you think, you can shift in those higher states of being. We have much greater control of your physical body to heal your body and to also create your life the way you wish to create it. So your mental and spiritual evidence is overwhelming that you have the power to do this. There's massive evidence created over the last many centuries, even thousands of years about this. Dr. Quimby was in Maine. 1840s, 1860s. There's also the absolute method where, like sound waves of energy, we can dissolve afflictions. It's absolute, where you change your absolute beliefs about something that creates thought patterns which act like sound waves to dissolve afflictions. This parallels the work of Dr. Royal Rife, R-I-F-E, who built the Rife machine in California 100 years ago, where he would use energy frequencies within the body to heal many different afflictions. He's very successful. He's therefore not very popular with the purveyors of medications and those who would make fortunes by very different approaches. 
he was eventually shut down, put out of business, but those machines are still around, and energy healing, of course, is coming back like a tidal wave because it does work in many cases. In any case, the idea is you shift consciousness into a new spiritual wavelength. So you shift the frequency of your thoughts, where the thoughts become like an infinite ocean or higher power of love, which dissolves everything unlike itself. So in other words, you change your conscious energy field to a much higher state of love, peace, harmony. You try to keep that state all the time as best you can. When you do that, those powers remove toxins from your body, help break down formations such as cancer and so forth. There's been cases of spontaneous regeneration or remission where people throw off cancer, these kinds of terrible diseases through so-called faith healing. It simply means that the person's energy field is shifted to a level where they, the energy knocks it out because those lower toxic forms cannot subsist in a higher energy field. It's like oxygen kills cancer. Cancer fields on sugar, you know, anaerobic environments, you know, on toxins and so forth, uh, the influences of electromagnetic fields. In the case, when you put yourself in a spiritual wavelength, it dissolves all unlike itself. Think about that. Think about breaking out of that cave. You're in that cave. You're in the spiritual wavelength. You're in a very material one. You're trapped. You're chained to a wall inside a cave. But we find out that the cave is your own, is of your own volition. That you've changed yourself to the cave. You create the cave. That's where you live because you think it's real. When you put yourself in a much higher frequency, spiritual wavelength, it dissolves the cave and all unlike itself. So the absolute method of prayer he talked about is very much like sound waves or the therapy used by Royal Rife. So a rise in consciousness and energies parallels those electromagnetic shifts. So we rise in consciousness and come close to a higher power and give off spiritual waves of harmony, health, peace, and love to all people around us. Now, Quibi was really a sort of early psychoanalyst, or as he was defined, of course, it was defined formally more so by Freud. He diagnosed troubles of patients with various means, part of which is intuition. He would talk to people, often to what's going on with them. So he would teach them these higher concepts, and they would basically heal themselves. So he would focus upon the divine ideal, vitality, harmony, and the intelligence of a higher power healing people. Once a person fix, fixates upon that and focuses upon those ideas and keeps those solidly fixed in the mind, it allows those energies to do their work in the physical body. So metaphorically, he rolled away the stone of false ideas and helped to free people from their self-imprisonment. Now think about that. The vast majority of folks in the world, the vast majority of us, live in prisons of our own creation. Again, the cave concept. He also talked about, Dr. Murphy got into the decree method, where you use the power of voice, because voice is very powerful. So you have power to get put into your commands, and what you speak forth tends to help make things manifest. The decree method says, I am well, I am healed, I am in perfect health, I am throwing off all disease, I will not be sick, I am well, I'm getting better and better all the time. I'm feeling better and better every day in every way. Dr. Emil Cue, Frenchman back in the 1800s, had his patients repeat to themselves things of that nature. I, I'm getting better and better every day in every way. I like myself, I love myself. Things of that nature that feeds ideas into your subconscious mind which then starts to take over and run your system in that manner. So what you command forth, the spoken word, also tends to manifest in your world, believe it or not. So the voice also has great power. So your subconscious mind can bring to pass any image held in mind, especially when you speak it forth. You can also do a technique called the mental movie to make things manifest, where you sit back, you have a deep, relaxed state, and you might look up, at, raise your eyes at 30 degrees, look up at the inside, as it were, of your forehead, like a, like a movie screen, like you're in a theater, sitting back in your chair, watching the screen, and you create the mental movie of what you want to make happen in your life, such as greater prosperity, greater abundance, greater health and well-being, more friends, relationships, a better job, better living conditions, so forth. And you want to feel that with great joy. So you want to feel great joy first, then visualize what you want to make happen, see that movie play out, and then say, it is done, it is happening. And you visualize it the way you want it to end, in other words, the way you want it to exist right now. And you release it, you let it go, and every time you think about it, you think the same thoughts about it, it is done, it is manifesting, or it exists now, it will manifest in physical reality when it is ready to. So folks, talk today about the true powers of mind. This is a topic so vast and so deep I can't begin to get into it. 
we talk about it, or we're trying, we talk about it in our books, such as Eight Days of Creative Power, The Inner Manager, I Love You, God, Quantum Field Psychology, and our new book coming out, Mind Games People Play. It's also told in our film, in this question. This topic is so vast. We've talked to folks here now for you know, quite a few months, many more lines to come about these ideas. So the world is waking up at a higher level of consciousness, and we're trying to augment that process so more folks who wake up is a critical mass effect. So, folks, you have more to tell you about this, the true powers of mind. This is part three. We'll be back in a few minutes. Let's take a short break for our sponsors. Be right back. Here's a fun, stimulating program that can teach you how to develop your own powers of creation. It uses a three-part mind, stimulating approach to get you to develop your own creative thinking. It will help you create a powerful self-image and helps you see how you can take creative action. You'll develop your thinking power and your skills, and you can do this in eight days. Get Dr. Ron Dalrymple's book, Eight Days to Creative Power, on Amazon.com. Overcome your problems with the step-by-step guide. So get Eight Days to Creative Power on Amazon.com. Get high-quality glasses, sunglasses, and prescription lenses at eyeglasses.com. Choose from over 250,000 items and 400 brands. Already have frames? Get replacement lenses. It's easy. Go to our advertiser page and click eyeglasses.com. A complete mind development course, The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, helps you develop your concentration, memory, imagination, and more, all to help you program your mind towards success. But it's not a boring read. You are taken on a journey with a young man who is trying to start his own business and immerses himself into a journey of self-discovery. A powerful book that you can read again and again. Get The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple at Amazon.com. The Inner Manager at Amazon.com. Reach your health and fitness goals. Whether you want to lose weight, learn to dance, build muscle, or just live healthy, Beachbody gives you unlimited access to the nation's most popular fitness and weight loss solutions. Visit our advertiser page and click on Beachbody now. Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind, one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity, things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything. And once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. HealthyLife.net, the positive radio network. Ryan Dalrymple and Mind Shock. They were talking about the true powers of your mind, part three. We discussed part one and part two some time ago. This topic is so vast. You know, I just uh, tell some other folks that we can talk about this forever and not even begin to scratch the surface of how much is there. There's so much information there about who we really are as higher energy beings. It's going to take time, but the world is slowly waking up, and it's a great thing. This world is like rebirthing, as it were, at a higher level of conscious state. Now, the thankful heart is close to the riches of the universe. What does that mean? You know, we talked about what you think about and what you dwell upon in your own cave is what you actually project beyond the cave to the world around you. So let's break out of that cave and create a whole totally new one where it's not a cave at all, but an open universe where the thankful heart is close to the riches. So you want to be thankful at all times. Some people advocate writing out, like, gratitude lists every day. Every day you write out, mandatory in your training, that you're grateful for this, you appreciate that, that you love this, you love that. So the more you create that in your mind, your emotions, the more you feel that, the more you track those events to you and those circumstances. Some folks talk about they've created much greater abundance in a number of, you know, six, eight months, whatever, just by doing that, just by feeling not necessarily thinking, but feeling more abundant. For example, you, you feel, my home is abundant. I love this home. I have a car to drive. That's abundance. I have clothes wear. That's abundance. So you see everything is abundance, and it attracts much more abundance to you. Some have talked about their incomes go up 
exponentially, even 10 times over, even to 10, 100 times over within a year or two. Pretty amazing. So the thankful heart is close to the riches of the universe. That is also said by Dr. Joseph Murphy. The idea is to generate the electronic ways of harmony, health, and peace by thinking of the love, love and glory of that higher power always working for you. So we are energy beings connected to each other and tied to a higher power. The more you're aware of that, the more it flows through you. We talked before about how the ego mind or the cave we live in, the more you open that up to the higher consciousness, who is the true self, the higher self, is who we really are. We are that higher self. We are truly at a higher vibrational frequency, our true conscious self above that physical self, above that cave. And the more you focus on that, where you draw from those ideas, you bring those energies down to your ego to help you escape the cave, where you can then go anywhere in the universe. So another concept is that every person has a right to be rich. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean filthy lucre. A lot of folks think, oh, to be rich is filthy lucre, money's dirty, and money's evil. That's not true at all. Money's only evil if you make it so. It's how people earn it and how they use it. So it's the love of money, the obsession of money, which to make a person turn to the dark side, as it were. Money itself is simply like a shovel. Is a shovel evil? Well, it depends on how you use it. It's just a tool. It's a tool to make things happen. You use it for good purposes upon earth. You can help other people. The more you have come in, the more you can help others, help the poor, help the needy. It's really a beautiful thing to contribute to other causes or create your own causes to help feed the poor, for example, or clothe the poor. Because the world's in great need right now of this awakening. So the more we do to help other people, the more we raise them up. Every person has that right as a spiritual being, as a child of a higher power, to bring into your life great wealth and great riches. We're just not doing it because we don't believe in it, and we block it ourselves. So knowledge of the powers of your subconscious and superconscious mind is a means to the royal road of riches of all kinds, spiritual, mental, financial. And wealth doesn't just mean material. That, of course, is much too simplistic. True wealth or true prosperity is the prosperity of consciousness. It's a prosperity of your heart. It's a prosperity of love. That is true wealth. True wealth is what you can create with your thoughts, emotions, and behavior to manifest your world and your life the way it serves you and helps you, but also, of course, helps other people. It's very important to put helping other people as a, the first part of the equation, in fact, because the more you help them, the more it helps you. So what you do is you transform your thoughts about this and realize that money is just a tool it's always flowing freely into your life if you let it. So you have to stop blocking it. There's an infinite supply of wealth waiting for each person, believe it or not, if you open yourself to that and use it for good purposes. So a lot of folks advocate tithing also. You tithe to your source of spiritual information. So if you go to a church and whatnot, you tithe to them. You tithe 10% of your grocery net, whatever. And most folks who do this technique claim it works wonders. You tie to your source so that it helps lift them up. Churches, whatever they are teaching, they do teach that there is a higher power. And so they're all doing good, at least on some level, we hope. And the vast majority, no doubt, are. In any case, when you tie to your source, it helps lift you up as well. And again, many people condemn money as filthy. It's okay to have some, but not too much. So they constantly block themselves. So they program their ego. They program their cave, as it were, to block their own growth and development. So they set the parameters of that cave. We create our own caves, so they program that to block out any wealth or progress. Maybe allow themselves to get by, just to barely be, you know, middle class or whatnot, just to barely pay their bills, but not too much more. Because then they feel guilty because the early program. So we must cleanse our minds of all these superstitious beliefs about money. So money is not evil unless we make it so, right? So instead, you want to learn how to create money and create wealth for yourself and others by doing positive things, by creating positive programs, by doing things that help lift up the world, by writing books or getting involved in certain projects or working with various groups who help other people, by doing green-type work, which helps the planet and whatnot, because the planet is in great trouble right now. There's wars going on around the world, and wars benefit many people, sell arms, and various machinery and so forth, that's all got to end. It's absolute insanity and it must end. So you must stop condemning wealth itself and understand you have a right to be wealthy, a right to be prosperous at the very least. And so the more you can bring it to your life, the more you can use it to help other people and lift them up. So you might say that I, I like money to use it wisely, constructively, and judiciously. Money's constantly circling in my life. I release it with joy and returns to be multiplied in many, many forms over. 
So it's a good thing if you use it in a good way, and that's really the key, not to misuse or abuse it. Also, when somebody else is doing well monetarily, you might rejoice in their wealth and their prosperity. If you condemn them, you condemn yourself. Think about that. Oh, there's that guy in that rich car. Boy, what a big shot he is. Look at him. While you're condemning that person, you're blocking yourself. You're feeding that part of the ego, that part of the cave, which blocks out wealth. Which then feels self-righteous about it. Says, aha, well, I'll just be self-righteous here and I'll be poor. That's a lot better. Well, of course, it's not a lot better because it's much more difficult for yourself and your loved ones. So infinite intelligence is always there. These higher frequencies are always there trying to speak to us and speak through us. You might say the infinite intelligence governs over and watches all your financial transactions. So whatever you do will help you prosper. So that the higher mind will inform your ego mind of what to do and what not to do in order to preserve your wealth and being as you create that. So recognizing the powers of your subconscious mind and the creative power of your thought or mental image is a way to opulence, freedom, and constant supply. So you accept the abundant life in your own mind. Understand, you are abundant. You are prosperous. Once you declare it so and believe it, remember, what you think about and feel and believe you are manifesting in your life, but you must believe it. This takes time often to recondition. You must break out of that cave into a whole new state of mind, a whole new level of understanding of consciousness. So we're talking about shifting consciousness. True evolution is not about physical changes, it's about the evolution of consciousness through various physical forms. But the point is for the conscious to evolve all over the world. So folks, today we're here with Dr. Ron Dalrymple on Mind Shock, or with the true powers of your mind, part three. And again, this is a topic started a long time ago. We could probably make this into, I don't know, 10 or 20 parts because there's so much information here, it's incredible. Anyway, please stick with us. We'll be back in a few minutes. We'll work from our sponsors. Be right back. Paradise Found 2015 is a film that sparks of intrigue about the discovery of quantum field psychology. Throw in a sexy spy story, a conflict between father and son against the backdrop of NASA, and interspersed with World War II flashback combat scenes, and you'll be surprised to discover the foundation of a whole new theory of mind. Rent or buy Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com and prepare for the explosive conclusion. That's Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com. If you want USA and worldwide car rentals, choose Rentacar.com. Free cancellations on most bookings, no hidden charges. They are trusted by over 4 million customers. Visit our advertiser page and click on the Rentacar banner. Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind, one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity. Things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything. And once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. This is Jack Maher from the band Feed the Kitty. It's important to support the artists you love. And you can do that and get something authentic for yourself. Rock.com has the most coveted, licensed merchandise of music, culture, and entertainment. So go to the advertiser page and click on Rock.com now. Quantum Field Psychology 2nd Edition is an astounding book on the new theory of mind. It is the first unified field theory that incorporates the influence of the mind and emotion on physical reality, the universe, and even other minds. It actually integrates all modern psychology with quantum physics, mathematics, Western, and Eastern spiritual beliefs. It's the true bridge between science and spirituality. Get your copy of Quantum Field Psychology, second edition, by Dr. Ron Dalrymple on Amazon.com. Radio your way. HealthyLife.net. Welcome back. 
Dalrymple on Mind Shock. They were talking about the true powers of your mind, part three. It's very important information to really understand. It's really important to attune ourselves to these ideas in these really turbulent times when the world's being rocked by chaos financially, under wars and the rumors of wars, intoxication environment, vast local corruption around the world, vast chaos, demonstrations, violence being perpetrated. It's time for people to stop all this negative thinking and negative acting and shift back into a higher state realize that we are higher conscious beings, energy beings inside these physical bodies. Now, about abundance, again, if you think about abundance in your own mind and accept it, you want to have a mental acceptance and an expectation of wealth, an expectation of abundance, which then has its own mathematics and its own mechanics of expression. So as you enter into the mood of, of opulence, all things necessary for an abundant life will come to you. Now, in terms of the mathematics of it, we talk about in quantum field psychology, your book about this, the idea that the mind as an energy field is a constellation of consciousness projects energy waves at all times continuously based on what you think and feel. You're not yourselves constantly. Every person listening to this, every person in the world is constantly generating energy waves from your mind which affect the world around you, which affect other people, which affect your health, which affect your wealth and well-being, which affect your success everything else in your life, you're doing it to yourself because you're creating your own cave, right? So we talked about topology. Topology means that one space projects to another. So what you have inside your mind, the energy field of your mind, is projecting externally to the world around you, then reflects back to you, the world mirrors it back to you, right? Talk about the mind as a mirror, in fact, in one of our books, The Inner Manager, also on the Amazon, one of our early books, which is a new form of quantum psychology, what we project out returns to us, and we're creating ourselves continuously. So we must shift. We must make the change. We must change what we think and feel and what we think is real and change our identity as to who we think we are. We think we are worms of the dust. We're born in sin. We're born to fail. That's pure nonsense. That's absolutely not true. The opposite is true. We're higher spiritual beings inside the physical bodies, and we have great powers, great capabilities. We must awaken to those, bring us down from the higher mind to the ego mind. You want to think instead, I am one with the infinite riches of my subconscious mind. It is right to be prosperous, happy, and successful. Money flows to me freely, copiously, and endlessly. I'm forever conscious of my true worth. As a true child of that higher power, you have infinite worth. You're not a worm of the dust. You're not born to fail. You're born to succeed. You're born to create great things in life. You're born to have a beautiful life, an abundant life. That's who we are. The rest is a bunch of blame we've been fed by people who had miscreant thoughts or perhaps had a, some malign purpose. But do not make a god of money. Money's only a symbol. It's only a tool. Remember, the real riches are in your mind. It's in your spirit. We're here to lead a balanced life, and acquiring more prosperity helps you do that in various ways. So acquiring money also cannot be your sole aim. That distorts your thinking, right? It's only part of your life, part of your well-being. You want to feed these ideas into your subconscious mind so and then your superconscious mind can enter in and create a kind of compound interest, think about it, a compound interest in all these fields of expression. So you want to think frequently that I enjoy being prosperous, I use it wisely, constructively, and judiciously, I release it with joy to help other people, lift them up and returns a thousandfold. So you want to picture again the end result in your mind of what you want to create. Always think about picturing that end result and feel great love for that end result. Love the end result because you want to love that end result into being. The love you project into that energizes that image very powerfully to help it manifest. So you help your mental picture manifest in your world. The more you do good things with that, of course, more will come through. Now, we talked about the superconscious mind before. The superconscious mind is that higher mind. That is that higher self who we are. Each one of us is truly a superconscious being. That's our source of intuition. Intuition is that inner voice that talks to us all the time and gets us to go in the right direction, to do the right thing, to help other people when need be, to learn things. The intuition is always talking to us, trying to give us insight if we just listen to it. Now, the most successful creative people in the world were able to tap into their intuition, that higher voice, and listen to it and bring it down to earth. Some examples we talked before about were Nikola Tesla, who, of course, was the great inventor, learned from his mother, 
was a very creative person, had to tap into his creativity at a very young age. He became, of course, a great engineer, inventor, and was able to bring great things to the world. Really a true genius. Now, another individual who's brilliant in this field, of course, is Mozart. He could also hear the music of the spheres. He could listen, as it were, to certain symphonies that he was listening to at a higher frequency, and they could write them down note for note. And one source told us, Jim Jensen told us, who uh, one of these books about Dr. Murphy, was that he would go through and write out, say, all the wind section. Then he'd write out all the, uh, you know, the, the drums and whatnot and whatever, the, uh, the bass section and so forth. He'd go through and go through each part of the orchestra and write all the notes for all the instruments. But he'd do like one section at a time. But he'd do it from what he heard in that higher, that higher mind. Many other people have done this, too. Another individual is Sir Francis Bacon, who, according to some sources, was the unalleged, unacknowledged first-born son of Queen Elizabeth I. He was born in 1561 by a brilliant person who went to Paris at 15 years old. So that would have been 1576. He came back in 1579, and he was there acquainted in Paris with the, the court, who knew who he was. They knew he was a true son of Elizabeth. Of course, that was kept secret from the masses, as it were because she was supposed to be a virgin queen, didn't want to be known, because then her husband, Robert Dudley, would be made king, which she wasn't going to have. In any case, he had to keep secret his whole life, and according to many, he wrote the Shakespearean plays. He also created the Novum Organum in 1620, which created the scientific method. His group of writers took all the major works of the world, from Latin and Greek, and translated those into English, and used a Gutenberg press, developed back in, I think, 1445, to help spread these works and so forth around the world. He also wrote the King James Version of the Bible underneath King James, who in 1603 came down from Scotland, who was James VI, King James I of England. Whereas Francis should have been the king, he was the, in line to be the king, but because of the treachery in the court and whatnot and various families were blocking him, it was given to James VI, who became James I. Now, Francis tried to be cooperative. He didn't want to have his head chopped off, you know, threat to the king, so he still worked as a very high-level attorney there, the Solicitor General, and was still working creatively and created a whole new version of the Bible, King James Version, for James I. In any case, his contribution to the world is also profound. He talked about that he would hear the muse, and it was your intuition talking to him when he was writing these, these brilliant plays. And he was truly a great psychologist because, for example, Lady Macbeth was constantly washing her hands off, washing blood off her hands. Because according to Bacon, she had her second son executed because he had staged rebellion against her crown, against the throne. And Sir Francis was a Solicitor General, or I think he was second uh, row behind that, in the case had to prosecute his own brother in court, and of course no one could say who they really were. It's kept secret. So he had massive guilt for his involvement in this, and she had massive guilt as well. So she's constantly, his mother was constantly washing her hands, washing the blood off, as it were, as she imagined. And he made a parody of her, or a metaphor of her, in Macbeth. Many characters in the stories came from his own life because he was truly one of the first psychologists, or say, in the modern age. So, in any case, folks, we're talking about the true powers of the mind. We're going to have to cover the subject some more. Let's go to part four later on. This is so much information here. You can't begin to cover it. Uh, it'll take probably four semesters to graduate level just to touch the surface of it. In any case, we're talking about the fact that we all have these great powers inside us. It's time for the world to wake up to shift into the higher state of consciousness, to shift that higher energy field and realize what great powers we have and begin to use them constructively to change this world the way it's supposed to be used, not for ill intent. In any case, there's a bunch of books out on the, the net and so forth on our, our website. There's a new website being put up at www.drondalrimple.com. It's our website where all the books will be up there. We also have the film, The Endless Question on Amazon Prime, where it's free. The books are, again, Eight Days of Creative Power, The Inner Manager, I Love You, God, and Quantum Field Psychology. The new one coming out is Mind Games People Play. And that's a really fun book. You'll recognize a lot of folks you know in that, but it's told in a positive way to help us deal with the adversary as we're, or the opposition. So folks, time to break out of our caves. We have the cave of illusion. Come out into the light. Experience the real world, a much higher world in the light. We all I think, need to work towards this goal to help change this troubled planet. Thanks for being here with us. We love you all. Dr. Ron Dalrymple and Mind Shop. Come back next week for more. Look forward to seeing you then. Take care. Bye. God bless.